Hey everyone, welcome back to Blood and Guts. I hope you're all having a good day. I hope the weather's nice for you. The weather's not nice for us. I know, for us, the weather is, for the past two days, has been rainy. I mean, it's not raining right now, but it was raining. However, it's ideal when it is raining, when it's not raining. I know. It's just sad. I know. Um, Before we get started, I'd like to make a quick apology about the frantic escapade that was yesterday's episode of A Little Bloody. (laughs) Um, I would like to apologize to all of you and also Jenna (laughs) because it was oh god you did this research and you did such a good job and then I uploaded it and like it was an absolute fiasco it wasn't uploading on some sites it uploaded the wrong version and we both just decided it would be better if we just completely removed it for right now just to kind of like let the systems calm down from my frantic like hacking into the pentagon to try to get the right one uploaded um i do still have the audio file um so if there's ever a point where we can't record or we want to re-release it we can do that but for now it's I apologize. There was no episode on Wednesday. God, this is such quality research. I'm so sorry. The art. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We will have an a Natalie Moskvin episode at some point. Absolutely, R.I.P. to just, me personally. I'm so sorry. Just not on Wednesday. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but we're my my firstborn child. Don't call him your firstborn child. Not him. The episode. The research. Yeah, the research in itself. I don't okay. like him, but. Right. Well, (laughs) we're going to make it up to you because you read the title of the episode. We have another big case for you. We have another two-parter. I have a question. Is John Bonet considered a cold case right now in 2020? Mm, I'm not sure, like, as a definite yes or a definite no. I would say probably it would be closer to a cold case. I don't know if anybody's actively... Yeah. Looking into it. I feel like it's something that's still on like everybody's radar, but I don't yeah. think there's a person out there that's like, hell yeah, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, today we're talking about the fake kidnapping and murder of Miss John Bonet Ramsey. Now, obviously, we're not the first true crime podcast to cover this. This isn't an obscure case at all. Like, I was talking to my parents about it, like, the other night, and they're like, oh, yeah, I totally remember that case when we were, like, 20 when that happened. Like, like I, like I totally remember like, being on the news and everything. Um, so... It's definitely not a new thing or not original or, like, unique for doing it. But I still think it's super important to cover cold cases, especially this one. Because when you look at it, it's, like, it looks suspicious. Like, it's so important for us to keep talking about cold cases because you never know when something could happen or maybe you're gonna find new information from this episode than you did for someone else's episode so um 
yeah um without further ado let's just get into it um trigger warning there is um uh, a lot of like sexual violence toward um this child and child murder so if you're sensitive to children and cases regarding children and you don't want to hear me talk about her then you can just hop off all right but um let's get into it john benet patricia ramsey was born august 6 1990 in atlanta georgia she was named after her father john bennett ramsey but they just wanted to be quirky and different. And so they combined it and made it French. And then John Bonet was born. <laughs> Look, it's a powerful name right there. I, when I was like, oh my God, like I love the name John Bonet. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. so cool. However, I doubt anyone's going around naming their daughter yeah, John Bonet. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not one you can just uh, pick up and make your own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, imagine so... though, <laughs> imagine you walk into like third grade and they're just like, oh my god, little Jean roll Benet. call, John Bonet. <laughs> imagine being like, huh? you're just like, what? Or you come home and your child's like, hey mom, can I have a play day with John Bonet? And I'm like, who? <laughs> she's back. <laughs> like, she's back. Um, so their father was married before, so she has a lot of siblings. She has her biological um, sibling, Burke Ramsey, which. I'm sure you'll get into him in your episode. <laughs> um, uh, a half-brother, John Andrew Ramsey, a half-sister, Melinda Ramsey Long, and a half-sister, Elizabeth Ramsey, who actually died in a car accident before this even happened. So this family is surrounded by a lot of terrible stuff. Um, her father's name is John Ramsey. He was a very successful businessman. He was president and CEO of Access Graphics, which is like a computer system company. And it was actually this position was the reason why the family was moved to Boulder, Colorado, which is where this case takes place. Um, like I said, he was married before. His first marriage ended in 1978, and he had two adult children. Um, and this second family was with Patricia Ramsey. Now, Patricia ramsey aka patsy was a pageant queen in her younger years but now she is a or she was well yikes i <laughs> but for this case for the jesus More beautiful for than you <laughs> that's exactly what i sound like for the in the case of this episode i'm going to use present tense she is a stay-at-home mom um so Let's talk about pageants because I have some very strong views about child pageants. So, um, Jean Bonnet was really pushed into pageants by her mom and her grandmother. Now, um, they made it very clear that this was whether she wanted to or not, she was doing them. Like, she was doing these pageants. Like, what, it, like, if she woke up one day and just said, Mom, I don't want to do this anymore, I don't like it, like, she would still do them. Like, because they were very, like, a very pageant-heavy family, and it was kind of like a generational thing. Um, there was actually one time where she had a friend over, and her friend was looking at the trophy case of all of JonBenet's trophies. Um, and she said, oh, my God, like, look at all of these. Are these your trophies? And JonBenet said, they're not really mine. They're my mom's trophies. And that is heavy. That is a heavy thing to say as a tiny little six-year-old. Like... Yeah. so you've seen pictures of her everyone's seen pictures of her 
I like, saw a picture of her like last week. Like she's still yeah. on the cover of things. Yeah. No. Oh my god. I remember first getting into like true crime, and then when I went to the grocery store, yeah. like the next day, it was like Jambonet murder solved. Spoiler alert: it wasn't solved. But <laughs> yeah, so, they bring it around every so often on like magazine covers. Yeah, with varying degrees of like this is gonna have real information in it but like every like every week or so and like you said like at the grocery store i'll just be like well there she there she is again yeah Yeah, i know um so she was now i'm gonna state a lot of opinions um in the next couple minutes here um she was dressed really like a showgirl which that's not an opinion that's just a fact she was just she was dressed like a showgirl she had lots of makeup on and her hair was lightened now i did some research on this you when your hair is lightened it hurts your hair it damages your hair obviously if you bleach your hair like hello not saying that if you bleach your hair to like dye it a color or whatever it just it hurts your hair that's just a fact it's really bad for like your scalp and all of that and it damages your hair and especially if you're thinking about it on a little six-year-old girl like who like this is just my personal opinion who are you to do that to her so young like I especially because the reasons are like nowhere near even arguable to being like for her. Like this was no, it's not for her at all. Like there's nothing you could say to make it not like selfishness on her mom's part. Like mm-hmm. in in no way is this a good thing that's happening. Yeah, ever. And I I mean I wrote a whole paper on child beauty pageants and how they're just awful and that's I, obviously my I did that's obviously too. my opinion that did was, you really that was like my sat writing or whichever one i did the head writing that was for like, oh act has writing I, but like well both of them do i just don't I, yeah whatever it doesn't matter but like for like a standardized test they were like write about your opinion on child beauty pageants and i was like you know what okay <laughs> yeah and it was like i made a lot of points about makeup and how like this the skin is still like developing and it could like and it could hurt your skin and i talked about hairspray and how they're constantly inhaling it and you look at some of john benet's hair like it's huge like (laughs) you look at some of john benet's hair you look at pictures of her hair and there's like that's like that's her hair like you can't tell me that all of the pictures are wigs because obviously her hair was lightened like it's crazy um she also danced very provocatively for her age and i'm sure you can look up videos on the internet and that is so disturbing when you think about who's watching like you don't know who's watching at home you don't know who's sitting in the audience for these pageants. It's so dangerous to put your child in that situation. Like, oh my god. I can't I cannot fathom. Obviously, I'm not like shaming anybody who does pageants or any parents who put their child in pageants. That's just my personal opinion and just my personal take on it. I, but yeah. um but whatever. Uh, but Listen to this. Three years prior to the murder, Jean Bonnet went to the pediatrician 33 times. Can you guess why? Why, Sarah? <laughs> For 
UTI issues for urinary tract infections. And you know what the family said? This is a side effect to wearing tights for pageants. What? Are you? No, 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 no. Listen, I, I'm not a ballerina. Like I'm, I'm not speaking in present tense, (laughs) but when I, (laughs) but when I did ballet and when I did tap and I had to wear tights, especially when I was like in gymnastics, well, then you, well, do you wear tights in gymnastics? I don't remember, but (laughs) I specifically remember wearing tights in like tights for ballet and my mom specifically got me like ones that would still like fit but ones that weren't super tight because she didn't want people like seeing like stuff that they weren't supposed to um and it's it's crazy that like if you think that you if you're thinking like oh is this a cover-up for something else was she at the pediatrician for something else like the family so openly said that this was a side effect to wearing tights for her pageants. Is this not like ringing any alarm bells to anyone or like, mm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's still hard. Cause even though it wasn't that long ago, it was long enough ago that. Oh yeah. We're still like, do I really care that much? Yeah. Well, and, like it sounds so awful, but like, before all of the terrible things happened to her like i'm sure that like besides her family there weren't a lot of people that were like let's care about this no like it was her family and then the pediatrician and if all of her family was like no 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 it's the tights like no one off the street was gonna be like isn't this concerning like it's only Mm -hmm. afterwards that we're all like uh (laughs) hello hello like (laughs) Um, so both children, both JonBenet and Burke, had issues with bedwetting. It was very frequent and went beyond the normal ages that you would wet the bed. Like, what's the normal age that you would think a child would wet the bed? Like, what's the latest, you think? Like, I, 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 like, I can't even remember, like, what age I was, because I know every child has wet the bed at some point. But, like, it's so frequent, and this is, like... It's continuing beyond like normalcy. It's like, come on, what's happening? I think I think and generally it's like seven is when like yeah. if it goes past that, that's when most people are like, yeah, something's not great. But I th- well, I think that's what people say like the cutoff is for stuff like that. Well, you got to remember, John Bonet never w- was never older than six. Yeah, I know. I was so, just saying like in oh, her okay. lifespan. Yeah, that's that that's cutting it pretty close. Yeah. So as um, in her pageant career, she won the title, the titles America's Royale. Uh, no, sorry. America's Royale Miss, Little Miss Charlevoix, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl and National Tiny Miss Beauty. All very important titles i'm sure <laughs> so um let's talk about burke burke was jean bonnet's older brother and he had a lot of issues with defecation he would just in his pants in different spaces in the house and even in jean bonnet's bed like that is a conscious decision man i don't know what to tell you like yeah like 
that definitely oh no look where i am that's like that there was a reason and i'm sure you're gonna go more into burke in your episode but um he definitely had some pent up something against jambonet because a year prior to the murder burke hit her in the face with a golf club and this actually resulted in her getting plastic surgery and i don't think it was a situation where oh like the parents wanted to cover this up so they got her plastic surgery i think it was a fact that she needed to have plastic surgery yeah like i because every because every side i looked at was like she needed plastic surgery i never heard the phrase like her parents like paid for plastic surgery or whatever so um it got so far that patsy's parents actually bought her two parenting books and there weren't they weren't normal parenting books they were books regarding troubled or misbehaving children it was something along the lines of like like somewhat like like johnny can't tell right from wrong or something and like another one but they were regarding like your children and them acting out so that's not something that a parent would normally buy their daughter or son if they were having a child like you wouldn't just get them that off the bat you would get them a normal parenting book um so all weird things are going on in this family um the night prior to the murder was december 25th and patsy called the pediatrician not one, not two, but 30 times. She called the pediatrician 30 times. If it's that serious, go to the ER. Like, go to the hospital. Yeah. Like, why Why would she call the pediatrician 30 times? And it, it um, now I will say it never, I never read anything that it was directly related to John Bonet, but in the earlier like I mentioned, John Bonet went to the pediatrician a lot, so I'm gonna take the benefit of the doubt and just assume. Um, but like, why wouldn't you take her to the ER? Why wouldn't you do something about that? But whatever. Um, December 25th, 1996, the Ramses attempted a Christmas party at their friend's house. John Bonet fell asleep in the car, and John claims he carried her from the car and into the house to bed. And that was reportedly the last time that John saw her alive. So let's get into the heavy stuff. December 26th was supposedly going to be a big day for their family. They had a private plane going to fly into Michigan, hey, to meet up with his older children. And the entire family was going to take a Disney cruise. So the morning of December 26th, John and Patsy got up early to prepare for this trip when John heard a scream from downstairs. This scream was from Patsy as she produced a handwritten three-page ransom note that she had found on the stairs. So I am going to read the ransom note. It is long, but I feel like it's important that you have all of the information. So it starts, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. 
100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining 18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. Is that like yes. correct? Okay. I will it We'll get into why I asked that later. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for a proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police or FBI, will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in way marked or pull i can read if the money is in any way marked or tampered with she dies you could try to deceive us but be warned we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics you stand a 99 percent chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us follow our instructions and you stand a 100 percent chance of getting her back you and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory. SBTC. Um, well, that was a mouthful. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like most ransom notes are. They're either... They're either two words or three pages. Well, the FBI said that this was a very unusual length of the ransom letter. And I think somewhere it said that this letter would have taken at least 21 minutes to write. Yeah. Like, without hesitation, without stopping. Who's going to sit there and do that? Like, if you're in the... We'll get into it. <laughs> um, so... You know, the ransom note said to not call the police and the FBI. Um, John told Patsy to call the police, which she did. And two officers arrived at the house in three minutes. Now, I understand what the ransom note said. If you are parents, you're going to call the police. Like, come on now. All right, yeah. Like, you're, you're going to, you're 100% going to call the police. What I don't understand is she also contacted family and friends. Like, okay. No, I understand you probably want to let them know what's happening. Or I actually, I don't understand that. Wouldn't you want to like, I don't, I don't know why she contacted these people. Yeah. So like I said, the FBI said that this was a really long, weird letter. It had lots of acronyms and exclamation points and bad spelling and handwriting suggesting it was staged. They also noted that a draft of the note was in the kitchen and was written with a pen and pad of paper that belonged to Patsy. This pointed to Patsy as being the author of the note, but nothing conclusive came out of that. So also notable, John had received a bonus from work that year that matched the, ma the ransom money exactly, $118,000, suggesting it may have been a fellow employee at Access Graphics. Now, the only people in the house at the time were Patsy, John, and Burke. The police conducted a search of the house, but they couldn't find any sign of forced entry. Um, and this is what kills me. Officer Rick French went to the basement door, paused, but did not open it. 
he had opened it, he would have found her body. It's that frustrates me. Yeah. It's always those like very close encounter. Yeah. It's like a it's like a horror movie. Yeah, like where you're just you're so close. I know. He said he was looking for an exit route used by the kidnapper, but the closed inside peg ruled that out, so he just didn't open the door, which I understand, but, like, you're a police officer. You're doing a search. Like, come on now. So John was fully ready to pay the ransom, and he actually arranged to do so. This was when a forensics team was dist- the I'm- this is a lot of talking- <laughs> This is when a forensics team was dispatched to the house. The team initially believed that she had actually been kidnapped. And the only thing sectioned off to prevent the contamination of evidence was John Bonet's bedroom. No precautions were taken to prevent contamination of the rest of the house. So when Patsy's friends and their family's minister arrived to support them, um, like also victim advocates arrived at the scene too they destroyed everything like they came in visitors picked up and cleaned surfaces like for patsy i guess destroying evidence completely and getting their fingerprints everywhere and that's why i think it's so so important to talk about this case because it doesn't matter if it's a kidnapping or a homicide or a missing person. Like, it doesn't matter. You keep that scene pitch perfect because you do not want to contaminate anything that would possibly have the answer to where your daughter is or to where, like, or to who did this. Like, oh, it makes me so frustrated. And also, why are we just having people in the house that aren't the police? Like, Hello. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the the steps taken during this don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm like the family's minister like like hello, can this wait for a second? Like pray on your own time. So at this point they were all just kind of standing around waiting for the kidnappers to call. This is when detective Linda Arndt arrived at 8 a.m. to await the kidnappers instructions. There was never a phone call and never an attempt to claim the money. While they were waiting around, investigators started asking Patsy and John if they knew anyone who would do this. Now, they started they started asking Patsy and John, you know, hey, do you know anyone at all who would do this? Now, normally in sh- like you look at any episode of criminal minds and the family's like no oh my god i have no idea everyone loved her like i know they both immediately started naming names they named employees and they named houseworkers. like they just started to yeah. spout off people and it's like how are like if you have the state of if you have the actual state of mind that these people are capable of doing this why are you around them yeah firstly very true secondly if you have a list that long how much like there's a common denominator and it's you like how much of that is yeah but like on the other hand like i feel like i would try to name at least two people even even if there was like nothing behind it besides the fact of like those are just the people that i don't get along with that well i'd be like well let's just give something (sighs) 
But, um, like, I try to give something. So I feel like the only thing worse than saying a name of someone who doesn't check out would be to be like, oh, not at all. And later on, like, suppose they catch someone and you're like, oh, yeah, we've been fighting since we were little. Like, <laughs> like I feel yeah. like that goes either and, way. I'm like, the, like, how are you talking about, like, crime shows? Like, I feel like half the time they're like, I've never seen that person ever. Or like, you, my old neighbor, who I fought with constantly mm-hmm. for 18 years but didn't think about at all? Like... Mm-hmm. I'd rather just have something out there. But I feel like also if that's the case, you would also be like, but like that was a long time ago or something like that. Like you wouldn't oh, just yeah, sit yeah. there and I'm start not. naming names without any no, like. No, I wouldn't be like, this person could definitely do this. I'd be like, I have no one in mm-hmm. my life who could, but like the, high, the if highest. You, strong, if, like, if you want to name. Yeah, like, like the highest strong tensions I have in my life going on right now is this person. But know that that means, like, 5% anger ever. I don't think they're going to possibly behead my daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. So, they... (laughs) Everyone on... Like, everyone at this crime scene said that the Ramses were behaving super strangely. In fact, there was no remark when the deadline came and went. I am not a parent, but I have watched enough crime shows to know that if there is a ransom note and they say they are going to contact you at this point in time, you are on that phone. Like it is the last baked potato at a buffet. Like you are on top of that phone waiting for, waiting for just any sort of contact at all. And they just didn't say anything. They said absolutely nothing. And, um, I, this may be jumping the gun a bit because I think she actually said this at a later point in time, but Detective Arndt actually said she was so sure that one, that's, that the killer was at the crime scene that she actually counted the bullets in her gun. Which, if that doesn't say something, I don't know what does. Really? So John started to get really antsy and stressed at around 1 p.m. So Detective Arndt said, you know, go search the house. See if you can find anything off. Like, get out of here. Like, I don't, I don't need you killing my vibe. So John and his friend, Fleet White, which we'll come back to that name in a second, started walking around the house and started at the basement. Now, John opened the basement door and was met with John Bonet's body on the floor. So, again, I know I made a trigger warning at the beginning, but if you are sensitive, this is where we're going to start talking about it. So, again, leave if you want to. Her mouth was covered in duct tape, and there was a nylon cord with a garrote attached to it found around her wrists and neck. Her arms were above her head, and her torso was covered with a white blanket. Now, just just for your information, if you don't know what a garrote is, a garrote is a mechanism used basically as leverage to further tighten any cord or rope around someone to strangle someone. So, uh, in this white blanket um, around her torso, there was a Barbie nightgown shoved in with her. Now, their uh, advanced rigor mortis had set in, and the time of death was determined to be around 10 p.m. of December 25th or 6 a.m. of December 26th. Like, that was the window. But um, it was determined probably closer to 10 p.m. 
John immediately picked her up, took the duct tape off her mouth, and ran upstairs with her screaming. And true crime fans, like, I understand. You're probably sitting there like, oh, my God, what is he doing? That is evidence. But that's his daughter. Like, come on. Like, I under, like, I get it. Like, I understand. You're, like, you're seeing your daughter and all you need to do is protect her. Like, like, you can't, like, if you're judging him, stop. Like, that, that's what you do. Like, that's your child. Um, when he put her down, Patsy threw herself on JonBenet's body and said, quote, Jesus, you raised Lazarus from the dead. Please raise my baby. Which gets you right in the heart. Like, oh, my God. Um, Patsy said that the clothes JonBenet was found in were not the clothes she went to bed with. So... That means whoever had her dressed her and changed her. And probably why the Barbie nightgown was in there with her. So that's creepy. <laughs> Later, John was starting to actually arrange a trip for him, Patsy, and Burke to Atlanta. Like, he just called up his pilot, which, like, imagine having a pilot to call. But that's a different story. <laughs> and a detective actually had to tell him, like, Sir, this is now a homicide investigation. You can't leave. Like, but I also understand why he would want to get out of there as soon as possible. Now, each of the Ramseys provided handwriting, blood, and hair samples to the police. John and Patsy participated in a preliminary interview for more than two hours, and Burke was also interviewed, but um, he was interviewed within the first couple weeks following her death. When investigators were surveying the crime scene after, they reportedly found several windows that were open and a door was open. One window was actually broken where it couldn't be latched properly and never fixed. Fix your windows, people. That's how serial killers get in. All right. (laughs) Um, Police also found a bowl of pineapple. Now, I've heard multiple reports. It's like crystallized or with cream. And I'm now realizing why am I going in depth on the pineapple? Um, there was there was a bowl of pineapple in the kitchen with Burke's fingerprints all over it. But the Ramses denied ever putting pineapple out and that Burke was asleep. So we could never have eaten it. Which, ha- like, it didn't just walk out of the fridge, put itself in a bowl and put itself on the kitchen, Patsy, like, you like it got put out there maybe the family's minister was like let me have a snack just just a couple yeah i also read that when they asked burke about it he denied eating it or even liking it which i also read that like pineapples and cream was like his favorite treat so like why would he deny that like it's just pineapple like why would you deny that Also found was a broken paintbrush, bristles and a part of which were found in a tub of Patsy's art supplies. Um, So this part of a broken paintbrush was actually used as the garrote. Um, The bottom third was never found. Um, There was broken glass and scuff marks found around the broken window, but nothing was disturbed on the actual window. There were fingerprints, handprints, and a boot print that had not been identified as a match to the Ramses or any of the 400 people that were investigated, which, whoa, that's, that's a lot of people that you have to rule out. 
well, I guess not rule out, but that's a lot of people that come up with dead ends and that can get really discouraging. So let's talk about the autopsy. The coroner arrived on scene at 8 p.m. And by the time he performed the autopsy, it was the following morning, which I, I think I understand that. I think they, they wait for a certain, I don't remember, but I, I'm not going to blame the coroner or anything. The cause of death was strangulation and a skull fracture. It was officially called asphyxia by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma. So strangulation and skull fracture. <laughs> there was no evidence of conventional rape, but sexual assault could not be ruled out. There was no semen, but evidence of vaginal injury. The pathologist recorded that her vaginal area had been wiped with a cloth. The garrot, like I said, was made from nylon cord and a paintbrush. There was also vegetable or fruit material that may represent pineapple found in her digestive system. And it was said to have been eaten by John Bonet a few hours before her death. So, like, again, who put out the pineapple? (laughs) And there was actually photographs of the house that day that showed the bowl of pineapple. But... Again, no one remembered feeding it to her or putting it out at all. So, like, ugh. In December 2003, forensic investigators extracted enough material from a mixed blood sample found on John Bonet's underwear to get a DNA profile. The DNA belonged to an unknown male and excluded all of the Ramses. It was submitted to CODIS, which is an FBI database containing more than 1.6 million DNA profiles. The sample matched none. 1.6 million DNA profiles and didn't match a single one. Like, whoa. In October 2016, a report with new forensic analysis and more sensitive techniques revealed that the original DNA contained genetic markers from two individuals who were not John Bonet. So have been a multiple person job which again if we're going with if we're going with um in my opinion <clears throat> unlikely theory that it was an actual group of people that took her that could explain it um however i believe that's unlikely next point um marks on john benet's back um pointed to the use of a stun gun and i like I, listen, I'm not a fan of children. (laughs) They're loud and they're always sticky and they want you to just be with them at all points in time. But I'm not going to sit here and say that it doesn't hurt me when you think of this tiny little body getting stunned with a stun gun. Like, that's brutal. There was also a flashlight found on the scene. Like, not just a normal flashlight, like a big mag light, like they're heavy duty. Um, It was found on the scene and some suspected it was the item used to make the skull fracture. Now, someone actually tested this theory with an actual child skull, which like, I know you're probably thinking like, what? I think it was like a forensic psychologist or pathologist. It was someone with an official title (laughs) that had like an actual child skull and like whacked it with a magalite and it actually matched so we could have a possible murder weapon um there was no evidence of a struggle with the duct tape which shows that she was dead when it was put on and which also makes you wonder 
why are you putting duct tape on a mouth of a girl that cannot scream? Like, that's just weird. There's a lot of weird things about this case. Um, so, like I said earlier, um, I wasn't quite sure if it was a cold case, but there was eventually in the investigation the obvious pursuit of the Ramses, and this case was closed and reopened a bunch of times. So, summer 1997, the Ramses moved out of Colorado and did not go back to their house in Boulder or the house in Michigan. They actually moved back to Atlanta. And in 2006, Patsy Ramsey died of ovarian cancer and was buried next to John Bonet. And that's the information I have. <laughs> that's the case. That's the crime scene. And that's the autopsy. And there are a lot of inconsistencies. I, so many. Like, this entire case is one giant plot hole. Like, I don't understand. Like, when John and his friend were looking around the house, why would they go to the basement first? Like why like why would they do that? Why is the why is why did a garrote use why was a garrote used to strangle John Bonet made out of a paintbrush that belonged to Patsy? Why was the note written on a pad of paper inside the house? Who would spend that much time in the house? Who ate the pineapple? <laughs> like Yeah, garrots are not fun. No, they're they're disgusting. Everything about this case is disgusting. And it's, I want I want I, I don't do it. That's also what I'm thinking, Without but I'm thinking the... garage. But there well, was also the fact that it's a paintbrush is just kind of like that seems like it's more of a this isn't working. What else are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. Like, it also points to being like very disorganized. Yeah, like I wonder if that was just not working out. Like, so it made sense to mm -hmm. have like what did you say it was made of? Like the nylon. Yeah, nylon. Yeah, cord. like that would make sense. Just as we were going for, but I wonder if it was just taking like too long, or or just something like that. Just seems yeah. like a very like, well, what am I going to do? Because uh, this mm -hmm. isn't happening. Mm hmm. And also, you have to wonder. If this was done in the house, which I find it extremely unlikely that they would take her, kill her, put her back in the house. Like, no. Like, especially when if, okay, let's, 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 let's humor ourselves for a bit and say that this was done actually by a group of people who actually took her for ransom. Like, why would they take her? Not call, not ask for money, which the Ramseys are like, they're a rich family. They can pay you back. Like, why would they, why would they, why would they uh -huh. not just go with the original plan? I definitely like, don't think it's a group. Yeah, no, no. But no. I also don't think it's just one person. I would say two. Yeah. Would be. At yeah, least. Two or, two or three is I feel like something that would run smoother. Yeah. And saying they killed her in the house. Like, you're telling me she made no noise, yeah, also, no evidence also, of a struggle. Like, stun guns aren't quiet. No, they are not They're quiet. Really loud. And also, there was also, and I'm sure you'll get into this, the marks matched up perfectly with prongs of a train track that belonged to Burke. Yeah. 
so like and then there's also like was the duct tape put on after she was dead or was she just unconscious for a really long time until she was killed like but again if she woke up while the duct tape was on her she would try to struggle there would be tongue protrusion there would be like like, part of me is wondering if like maybe she was unconscious when they were trying like to just use the nylon rope and then they weren't sure because she was unconscious and like Mm -hmm. is she dead or not so then they're like well i know one way to know for sure let's grab this paintbrush Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying anything, but strangulation is a super personal thing yeah. to to do. It's a super personal way to kill someone. Yeah. But I am not, saying not nothing. Not only a person, but like a child. Like a strangulation child, and like... like beheading as an option in the ransom note. The Those ransom note? Both, like, oh my god. Like, you're dedicated to something, but mm-hmm. like, what? what is it? No one knows yeah exactly like something's there something is hugely there but Mm -hmm. who knows not saying anything so this was part one of our john benet ramsey case um your episode is coming out next sunday and you're gonna talk after weeks and weeks Oh, shush. And you're going to talk about suspects and theories. And we're going to make a lot of legal statements in that video. Probably. For, le- for legal yes. reasons, I know nothing. But yes, exactly. apart from that, so- <laughs> I also know nothing. Hi, FBI. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us there at Blood and Guts Pod. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Blood underscore Guts Pod pod i can't speak um and what's the psa for this Uh, week you know psa uh keep track of your pineapple i didn't think that would Mm -hmm. be that hard but like keep your eyes on it apparently it moves Mm -hmm. around eats itself wild crap Mm -hmm. yep also don't put your child in pageants but that's just something Uh, yeah (laughs) i i would agree i don't like your child's hair yeah just just let them let them have a good time you know yeah exactly well bye this was this was <laughs> good bye, bye. <laughs>